Today, we got a lot of great stuff to talk about, so I'm just going to dive right into it. The first one is we got a story here from Driftwrench Graham from the Self Mastery Club. He sent me this article written by a sex worker who has experienced a variety of abuse and sexual assault. However, regarding the Me Too movement, she says, quote, I would not have been able to heal without shedding my label and the narrative about what I had gone through. The label and the narrative helped me adjust my new culture, but it also locked me into suffering. I no longer consider myself a victim, and as a result, I no longer suffer like a victim. She goes on to say, I sort of want to reach out to the people saying me too, and I want to tell them that it's okay to hurt, but it doesn't mean, or excuse me, but it, but this doesn't have to be anything special. It can be just pain and then healing. I'm afraid that the cultural attitude that sparks me too will lock people into the pain. So Mark, what do you, th- what do you think about this? What, how do you balance, you know, cause some people go through some awful stuff. So how do you, how do you balance this in your own head? Do you view yourself as a victim? How do, how do you do this? It's a really good question. Uh, I think really what it comes down to is understanding the power of narratives. And we're going to be talking about this uh, probably in some of the other segments today too. But the most important narrative that determines your experience of life is your narrative about yourself. And in this kind of scenario here where it's like identifying yourself as a victim, it does some things. There is some utility to it, but then there are some serious drawbacks to it as well. So, for example, like in the sexual assault scenario, if you say that you are a victim of self, of sexual assault and you take that to the level of identity, okay, meaning like that's how you kind of view yourself. You view yourself like when you when you, someone's about like, you know, tell me about yourself. It's like, you know, one of your your top bullet points is, you know, I'm a I'm a sexual assault survival survivor kind of thing. That's you taking it to the level of identity. And when you do that, you do gain something. So, for example, people who identify like that, they gain access to uh, really a, a sense of community with the other people who have suffered with that thing. Um and this is like that's the healthy side of it is that you can gain access to uh, support, love, compassion, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it can also give you permission for you yourself to maybe do the inner work of processing that experience. And this is all the good side of it. Okay. But the problem with taking that sexual assault thing to the level of identity is that, uh, first of all, there's a temptation there. And the temptation, particularly in this day and age, is that you gain some kind of status for it, all right? Like there's a, there's, you can gain likes on social media if you talk about how you are a victim of sexual assault. You know, you talk about how, you know, it's the, these horrible men have done this stuff to me. You can start wielding some power there because you can direct the anger that people have over this issue, um, toward this amorphous man, evil, evil, straight man. Uh, He's the problem. And then you can start uh, basically getting attention for it, feeling powerful from it. And ultimately, uh, when it's wielded this way as a self-serving mechanism, it's not not a good thing, okay? Because you don't want to get hooked on utilizing uh, such a horrible thing to gain your status, okay? That's that's not good. And I'm not saying that all people who post about sexual assault online are doing this, but definitely some of them are, okay? And so that that temptation there is something that can lead to a, a dark 
scenario that just adds more conflict and strife to the world when ultimately, you know, especially in this kind of context where what we're really looking for is healing and then the removal of the problem. So that's uh, one piece of it. But then there's also the negative of trapping yourself in on that because that's, you know, if that's how you identify yourself, is that really a thing you want to be carrying with you your whole life? You want to like any single time you do anything because, you know, this this is the deal. It's like if you attach something to your identity, it follows you with everything because your identity follows you into everything, right? So if you bring this, oh, I'm the sexual assault, vi- assault survivor into everything, well, then it's, you know, you're always going to have to have that thought of sexual assault in your mind of probably one of the worst things that's happened to you as, you know, a... <laughs> And a part of your day-to-day activity when that actually has nothing to do with your day-to-day activity. So that's that's screwed up, okay? And, and that's going to hold you back. And because all of the things with that is like, you know, if you're a victim of this kind of thing, there's a, there's a feeling of helplessness. There's a feeling of hopelessness. There's all kinds of negative emotion uh, connected with that, typically, uh, that is not going to help you succeed in life. In fact, it's probably going to do the exact opposite and it's going to disempower you. It's going to make you uh, less happy, less capable and all of this kind of stuff. So like you want to be, you're probably going to want to move move beyond that, right? You really are. Unless you're one of these kind of like bottom feeding type people who are, they, they fell into that first trap of just like looking for that attention, looking for that power, right? Like the, you'll see this with people when they have some kind of like minority status that they're, they kind of use as their solution for everything. It's like, well, me as a minority or me as this intersectional person or me as someone, you know, a sexual assault survivor, like they use it as like their lever to make you take them seriously rather than using the quality of their, their ideas or their work to make you t- take them seriously. So that's that's a different kind of crutch um, that people can fall into, particularly online, just because, you know, people jockeying for attention online, it's you, people will grasp at whatever tools they, they can. And th- doing that kind of stuff, I think it's a cheap way to get attention and to try and influence and persuade people. But this isn't just, you know, tied to Me Too kind of people. This goes everywhere. And I think men in the manosphere is 100% has this kind of issue, like the whole MRA mentality, the men's rights activists, like there are very authentic guys who like in that who legitimately see inequalities in the way that men are treated. And they try to go at it in a way that's productive, helpful and fix the thing. So talking about like stuff like male suicide rates, trying to raise awareness around that, or, you know, how guys get totally boned in the legal system when it comes to custody over kids or divorce um, proceedings and things like that. Like that stuff is seriously screwed up and it should be fixed. But then you've got the guys who latch onto that and they become these victims around it. They, They basically take that victimhood as like their reason for no longer having to try. Right. It's like, oh, well, you know, it's just like guys get screwed anyway. There's no good women out there. Look at all these shitty women. Oh, it's not fair. I, I wasn't given good genetics. I wasn't blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, basically like the the angry incel or the angry MGTOW mentality of, you know, let's disconnect from this society that's so unfair to us and just say, screw it. I'm not even going to play. Um, and I get the pain. Right. The pain makes sense. Like when you face something hard, of course, 
you're going to have that temptation to pick up your ball and go home. But that's not really going to help you, right? This bitterness, this resentment, and particularly taking it into the, the place of your identity is not useful. And what I'm most worried about is like, what's, what's going to be happening to the generations that are being raised, you know, now, um, like for me growing up, I, I never got to hear about how, like in school, you know, I was all my school teachers, like until high school, all of them were women until eighth grade, actually. And they're all women. And we would always hear about how women can do anything they want. Like the girls could do anything that they wanted to. If they put their mind to it, girls are just as good as boys at every single thing. And we just constantly got that message to the point where it's like, hey, women can actually be better and better and better. And, you know, even like I, I just never heard that guys can be awesome. Like that's <laughs> I think it was just assumed that, oh, since guys tend to run a lot of stuff that they should just know this. But I think the, the, the average guy is getting beaten down so much. The average, uh, you know, the, the guy who's at the bottom of the intersectional hierarchy, the straight white male, he's getting so much hate that a lot of straight white males are really internalizing this stuff. They really are down on themselves. And so uh, this does not, I think, bode well for society at large, um, particularly in, you know, the U.S. where straight white men make up a huge part of the population and we pretty much rely on them to do a lot of very important work if that population is not you know repopulated <laughs> as the older straight white males start fading away okay it's like well we have to bring other people in to do this it's like are you know sure maybe women and minorities are going to do this you know and it's not even just about you know the, the race thing is really boring to me because that doesn't really matter at all but like it's just part of the language so it's like really to me the, the issue that matters is men in general, because men are, they are different than women. They fundamentally are psychologically, emotionally, physically, obviously. And, and if we're going to live in a world where we do not repopulate the masculine man who believes he is capable and functional, well, we are going to get into a very ugly world. Okay. So this is, this is the biggest thing when it comes down to this victim mentality is that we cannot let it take us over as men because this is this is what like the, this is the opposite of masculinity masculinity is about ownership is about taking charge this is what this is the only way to become a patriarch to become a strong man to become the man who can lead his family who can lead his community and so this is this the, we have to reject this victim mentality on a very very deep level if we want to keep not only our lives but literally society as a whole running well